Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church, located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia. On today's broadcast, Pastor John Butler speaks from the subject of Prayer Instructions from Jesus. And now here is today's broadcast. As I mentioned just a moment ago, we're in the middle of uh, of a, a series on prayer. We began last week with a message called The Supernatural Power of Prayer. And I would encourage you to go and listen to it if you weren't here for it because it, it'll, it'll make this message make more sense when you hear that. The, the, just a quick summary. I just want to remind you that pow, prayer, the words of a prayer have no power in and of themselves. It, it, except that that prayer connects us to Almighty God. And it's that connection with God that gives prayer its power. Prayer is just a humble heart directing needs to, to God because of our relationship with Jesus. Prayer is supernatural because God received uh, is the receiver of our prayers. Jesus is the authority for prayer. And the Holy Spirit is the promoter of prayer. And so because prayer has supernatural power, then we as believers ought to be more and more motivated to, to pray more than ever before and to do what the New Testament tells us to do, which is pray without ceasing. We should never give up on prayer. Amen? If prayer, it, it, we should never give up on prayer, right? All right. It, is, it should never be our last resort. Prayer should be our first line of defense and the weapon of choice in the spiritual warfare that we face in our lives. And so, when you think of how do you learn to pray, then, I, then I, sometimes we skip over our best example, and our best example of prayer is Jesus Himself. As He was walking on the earth, He was a living example of the power and the necessity of prayer. You see, more than, probably more than he preached or, or taught or healed or served, Jesus prayed while he was on the earth. So, so it stands to reason that Jesus knows more about prayer, demonstrated more about prayer than anybody who's ever lived. So today, I want us to look at some of the things that Jesus said and did uh, regarding prayer. So this today is, is the prayer instructions of Jesus. The prayer instructions. These are just three of the, th of the many things that Jesus said about prayer. So the first is in Matthew chapter 18 and verse 19. I'd like us to look at that together. It's a familiar verse. Matthew 18 and 19 says, I also tell you this, and Je this is Jesus speaking, if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, so you see that's prayer, anything that you ask, my Father in heaven will do it. If, if two of you agree here on earth concerning, or the King James says, touching anything that you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. Now, let me be clear about something right out of the, right out of the gate before your brain takes you in an unhealthy direction. Jesus is not saying that if you get someone to pray with you about that Bentley, that Rolls Royce, you know, that, that muscle car that you've had your eye on, that God is now obligated to give it to you by the law of agreement. That, listen, that is not how that works. Ask the tail wagging the dog. 
Are y'all southern enough to know what that means? All right. If you remember, the authority of God can never be used to violate the will of God. The authority of God can never be used to violate the will of God. So if you ask amiss, you ask for the wrong reasons, you ask with the wrong motive in your heart, the, that prayer is going to go in one ear and out the other. Don't forget, every bit of power and authority and gifting and anointing that God gives for us is to carry out His will, not ours. It's His kingdom come. His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So you have to keep the full counsel of God in mind and not just take a verse and run with it. So let's get back. What does it actually say? Jesus is teaching us the power of praying in unity, the power of praying in agreement. So many times we labor and we languish privately in our prayer closets with an issue. We struggle with it. We, we labor over it. But we never bother sometimes to allow someone to help us bear our burdens. Why is that? Why do we carry everything ourselves? Is it our pride? Are we afraid somebody's going to find out that our lives aren't perfect? Do we just not know any better? Do we think we can handle everything on our own? Jesus said, don't carry it alone. Come into agreement with somebody about the issues that you're praying about. So, I mean, what is the deal with agreement or with unity? What's the, why is that such a big deal? Because God has always promoted community and unity. It's always been a priority for God since the beginning. I want to show you in Genesis chapter 2, in verse 18, this is what the Lord said. The Lord God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. It's not good. It's not good for him to be alone. I'm going to make a helper who's just right for him. You see, Adam was created perfectly. He was created exactly the way God wanted him to be. But God said it's not good for him to be alone. From the very beginning, God's plan was that we would be together. He created Eve for Adam so they could be in unity and begin to have community because it's not good for a person to be alone. There's power in unity. There's power in community because God's ordained it. There's so much power in unity that He had to scatter the people and the languages at the Tower of Babel after, after Noah's flood. Because if He didn't have them, that unity, the power of that unity would have caused them to fall into sin all over again. Jesus, He said, well, you know, let's think about unity and agreement. Jesus always sent the disciples out in pairs, didn't He? Always sent them out two by two. Paul was always with Barnabas or with Silas or some other partner. Peter and John were always together in the early church. But why is it? Because there's power in unity. There's power in agreement. Let me show it to you in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 12. Two people are better off than one because they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. If someone falls alone... Someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm, but how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a three-braided cord is not easily broken. We're better together. We're better together. We were intended always to do life together as a body. Jesus said, if two of you agree on anything you ask, 
it'll be done. So think of what would happen if, if three or 30 or 300 came together praying God's will about the same thing at the same time. The power doesn't just add, it multiplies. It multiplies. The 120 received Pentecostal power after 10 days of unified, focused, expectant prayer. They were all praying for the promise. The reason the American church has no power is we can't get two people to agree on anything for long enough. If we could just get in agreement, imagine the change in our lives. Imagine the change in our families and in our cities and in our counties, in our nation. Jesus said the right way to pray, if we want to pray the right way in a way that makes a difference, then we have to pray in unity. Even the Lord's Prayer shows us from the very beginning. What's the first word? Our Father. Not my Father. Not me alone somewhere, isolated from everything else and everybody else. Our Father. We, when we come together and recognize our complete and utter dependence upon the Father for everything, He hears us and He moves on our behalf. So let's pray in unity. Pray with a trusted friend. Pray with a spouse. But pray in unity and agreement with somebody. Because there's power in unity. It's what Jesus taught us about prayer. I had somebody come up to me after service recently and they had a, a job opportunity they wanted to take. And, and, and I, loved, I loved what he said. He said, there's some things in my favor, some things not in my favor. But he said, I want us to pray in agreement that if God wants me to have this job, that I'll get it. And that's a prayer I can get on board with. That's a prayer that God hears. It is completely submitted to the will of God. So we stood on the Word, and we stood on the authority of Jesus, and we said, God, You open doors that no man can close, and You close doors that no man can open. So if this is the right job, Lord, open them up. And if it's the, not the right job, then close them and lead them to the next open door. And we agreed, and we said, Amen, so let it be. We walked away in peace. He's not worrying about it. He, just, he knows it's done. That's the power of agreement, is praying in unity, and that's what Jesus instructed us to do. Here's the second thing He taught us to do. Pray honestly. Pray honestly. Now, that sounds like a really strange thing to say. I want to show it to you. In Luke chapter 6 and verse 45, there's a lot of different verses that I could use, but I want you to see this. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. An evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. Look at, look at this last line. This is what I want you to see. What you say flows from what's in your heart. What you say flows from what's in your heart. In other words, and the King James says, from the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. It's the overflow of your heart. So whatever you believe in here is going to come out here. Right? You, you ever been jealous of how people pray? You ever heard somebody pray and just meant, man, I wish I could pray like that. Right? I mean, some people can just pray. And, and, and some people just they ask God for big stuff, man. They ask God for bold stuff. They pray with passion. They get people excited, man. It's just awesome. And sometimes, if we're not careful, we get jealous of people's ability. Listen, the people's ability to move people with their prayers. Let me remind you of something that we forget sometimes. Prayer's not designed to move people. 
It's designed to move God. And let me tell you something else. Words don't move God. Faith moves God. So it doesn't matter how high and mighty and wonderful the words of a prayer are, no matter how much people shout while they pray, they don't, if they don't have the faith to back it up, it hasn't done anybody any good. Well, what does that have to do with the Scripture we just read? Jesus said your words come from what you believe in your heart. That should be the seed of your faith, right? What you believe in your heart is where faith comes from. So don't let your words outpace the faith that's in your heart. Don't let your words outpace the faith that's in your heart. Because if what you say and what you pray don't match up, then your words will counteract your prayers every time. See, you can, you can fake it for a minute in a prayer, but our mouths will reveal what we believe in our hearts. See, we, we pray for somebody to be healed, and then we turn right around and say, well, it just doesn't look good for him. It just doesn't look good for him. Right? We pray that somebody be saved, and we just say, I just, I'm afraid he's gone too far. I'm just not sure he'll ever turn to God. You know, we pray for financial provision, and we say, I, I, I won't ever have nothing. I mean, I never have. Nobody in my family has. I don't, I don't know why things would change now. We cancel our prayers with our words because we believe what we say more than we believe what we pray. If you don't believe it in your heart, don't pray it. Simple as that. Because Jesus taught us to pray honestly. Pray honestly. Look at Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. So they brought the boy, and the next verse will explain this, or this will explain this. The boy, when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion. He fell to the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. This boy was demon-possessed. Jesus said, how long has this been happening? And the boy's, the boy's father said, since he was a little boy. The spirit, often throws him, the spirit often throws him into the fire, into the water, trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. What do you mean, if I can, Jesus said. Anything is possible if a person believes. Anything is possible if a person believes. And the father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. That statement rings through the ages, doesn't it? We, we say it over and over again. Anything is possible if a person believes. But listen, the question isn't, what do you have the words to ask for? The question is, what do you have the faith to believe for? Don't pray prayers you don't believe. Because your faith is, is one of the things that determines the effectiveness of your prayers. When you ask for something that you don't have the faith to believe for, and you say, in Jesus' name, are you not using His name in vain? I want to show you this in Mark chapter 11, this couple chapters over. Mark 11, 22 through 24. Jesus said to the disciples, have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you must really believe it and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything and if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. Jesus didn't say pray cool prayers to God. Right? He didn't say use the magic words before God. He said have faith 
in God. Because if you believe, you can pray for anything and receive it. But your, your faith has to be there. You can't fake it till you make it. You have to pray honestly. There's one more scripture I want to show you in this. In Matthew chapter 9 and verse 29. Matthew 9 and 29, he touched the, the man's eyes and said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. Can I tell you that's, that's true for all of us? According to your faith, it'll be done to you. you. You receive, you don't receive what you ask for, you receive what you can believe for. So don't fake your prayers. No, no matter how awesome they sound, you can even work yourself up in prayer, can't you? You can pray a prayer that gets yourself excited. But if you don't have the faith to pray them honestly, don't pray. Don't pray that. You say, well, John, I've got a need that only God can meet, I'm, but I'm not sure where my faith is. What, what do I do? Well, start asking God what you do have the faith for. Start there. Start where you are. And then as He answers, and He always answers a person who prays in faith, as, as he starts answering those prayers, let those answered prayers build your faith up to the point that you can ask him for, for more and more and more. What else can you do? Read the Word. Read and believe the Word. Paul said in Romans that, that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. So get into the Word of God and don't just memorize it, internalize it. Believe it. What else can you do if you're not sure where your faith is? Well, be like the man with the demon-possessed son that we just read about. I love the honesty of this man. He said, God, Jesus, I do believe, but help me with my unbelief. Help me overcome this thing inside of me that's pulling me down. Be honest with God about your spiritual condition. He already knows. Tell Him you're not sure if you have the faith to believe and ask Him for His help. Do you know, do you know that one of the gifts of the Spirit is the gift of faith? And that, that, that gift comes from outside of us. It's not ours. It's, it's the Spirit that moves in us supernaturally. God will help a person who is honest with themselves and honest with Him. He might even supernaturally give you the power to believe Him for what you need. But don't fake it. Don't fake it. What else can you do? You can pray in agreement with somebody. Sometimes your faith gets boosted by the confidence of the person you're praying with. So pray with somebody who believes as much or more than you. Pray with somebody you know has faith. But don't fake it. Two are better than one. They can lift each other up if you fall down or if your faith is low. So pray together. Pray in unity. What's the, what are the prayer instructions of Jesus? Pray in unity and pray honestly. And here's the last one. Pray consistently. Pray consistently. I want you to see Luke chapter 11. And so I tell you, this is Jesus talking again. Keep on asking, and you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you'll find. Keep on knocking. The door will be open to you for everyone who asks, receives. And everyone who seeks, finds. And, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Jesus was teaching His disciples about prayer. And He told them to be consistent in prayer. Now I know the King James Version just says, ask and you'll receive. But the verb tense here 
indicates this is not just a one-time request that Jesus is referring to, and the parable that he told to explain it demonstrates that, that, that that's true. He's encouraging persistence. Don't give up in prayer. But he's cons- encouraging consistency. Pray and pray and pray some more. D- develop prayer in your life, not just as a discipline, but as part of your life. So, you know, we're all, we're all living in the South. I think we can um, relate to this right now. If you see a trophy buck in the back of somebody's truck at the people pleaser on a Saturday morning, and that's where you always take it so everybody can see it, right? And, and you ask that person, well, how'd you get that? <laughs> They're going to tell you, hunting, right? I went hunting. And I shot it. Now, if I have never, I have never been hunting in my life. I don't know how I was raised in the country and never been hunting, but I didn't. Well, probably because my mama cried every time she saw a gun. That's probably where that came out. So I've never been hunting in my life. Do you think if I just go charging off this platform this morning and running into the woods, you think I'm going to drag out of like a 20-pointer? No. Some of y'all think, well, first of all, you're not strong enough to drag it out, <clears throat> which is true. But no, I'm not going to run out there and, 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 and drag this trophy buck out of there. I'm not wearing, I'm not wearing the right stuff, right? I've got to be clothed. i got to clothe myself right. I don't have a gun, so I'm not armed correctly. I have, I have no deer stand. I wouldn't be positioned correctly. But this guy said all he did was go hunting. Listen, he didn't mean that he woke up this morning and went charging into the woods for the first time and came out dragging his carcass behind him. He means that after a lifetime of hunting, studying patterns, putting in the time, morning after morning after morning, he learned how to track down the big one, right? When Jesus says, ask and you will receive, he doesn't mean that if you pray the magic prayer, Miracles are going to happen. It's not like that. Prayer is not an incantation. You can't just read it out of a spell book or a prayer book. Like hunting, prayer is a skill that develops over time. Experience teaches you. Trial and error teaches you. Gaining wisdom from other people who who are more skilled than us. You have to be clothed in righteousness and in the armor of God. You've got to have the weapons of your spiritual warfare. You have to have an established pattern. You need to be familiar enough with the territory to know how to navigate through prayer. Know what to look for. You you do get the big one by hunting, but but not the event of hunting. It's the process of hunting. It's not a one-time deal. You see, prayer is the same way. There's a cumulative effect of prayer. The kind of prayer that Jesus is talking about is the kind that's done in secret every day over and over and over again until you become a person of prayer, until you become a person who prays without ceasing, until prayer permeates your being, until prayer has rearranged your life, made you more like him, purified your motives 
crucified your nature, armed you with the Word, and protected you with the shield of faith. It's the stuff that's done in the prayer closet that that makes the earth-shaking prayers possible because the Father who sees in secret will, will reward you openly. See, what you whisper in the prayer closet will be shouted from the mountaintops as God honors a person who makes prayer not just a habit, but a part of the fabric of their being. You know where Jesus was after He healed Peter's mother-in-law and pretty much everybody else in the city of Capernaum? You know where He was? He, he snuck out in the middle of the night to go hide and pray. You know why He had to walk on water? Because He had prayed all night and the boat left Him. Which is, He told Him to leave. But He'd been praying all night. Do you know how He began His ministry? Fasting and praying for 40 days in the wilderness. Do you know how he ended his life on this earth? By praying so passionately in the Garden of Gethsemane that that his, his pores actually bled. We read the Bible and everything just looks so easy, doesn't it? I mean, he just walks around and just sort of casually heals this one and casts out devils here and raises the dead every once in a while. Jesus put in the time in prayer. He prayed more than anybody. He did the work in the prayer closet. He got alone with His heavenly Father. That's why everything seemed to come so naturally and so easily to Him. He'd already done the hard stuff in prayer. You, you, how, did the 120, how did the 120 see Pentecostal power fall? They've been praying for 10 days about one thing. How the church grow by leaps and bounds in, in, the, in the early part of the book of Acts? Because every time you turn around, the apostles and the new converts are in the temple, in the Word, and praying. The reason we don't see signs and wonders and miracles anymore is because we don't pray like that anymore. The American church keeps looking for the magic prayer. We, we keep looking for the right evangelist to perform the right prayer that's going to bring about healing and deliverance. We keep looking for the new book on prayer that's going to give us the microwave recipe for answered prayer. It doesn't exist. That's not how this works. Jesus said there are some things that you will never see happen unless you've made a habit of prayer and fasting and dedication and consecration to Him. If we want to see God move in our homes, we have to pray consistently. If we want to see God move in our church, we have to pray consistently. If we want to see God save and heal and deliver and set people free, we've got to pray consistently. If we want to see God bring revival to our city and our county, our state, our nation, we have to pray consistently. If you're frustrated that you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, pray consistently. If you're frustrated by the results that you've been getting in your prayer life, pray consistently. Get consumed by prayer. Ask and keep asking. Seek and keep seeking. Knock and keep knocking. There's no silver bullet. There's no formula. If you want to see our, we want to see our prayers be more effectively, we've got to pray consistently. We've got to pray honestly. We have to believe God for what His Word says. We have to pray in unity. we got to get the division out. We have to get the unforgiveness out. We have to get the strife out and the sin out and all of the stuff that divides our churches 
and separates us from right relationship. We've got to get on our faces before God and begin to pray like Jesus told us to. So I want you to stand with me today. These are the prayer instructions of Jesus, some of them. There's a lot more as you read the Word. So my prayer for us today is that we learn to pray like Jesus told us to. We learn to pray like He did. Learn to pray like He did. Every move of God that's ever happened in the history of this nation started because people were on their faces seeking God. They were on their knees crying out to the Lord. They were praying together. They were praying consistently. They were they were passionate about it, desperate for it. If we're going to see a move of God in our in, in our lifetime, and Lord knows we need to, could, would you agree that we need to see the power of God sweep across this nation? Can we agree on that? It starts with prayer. And a lot of it for a long time. I don't know how close we are to it. I, I mean, obviously, I, I, you can't you don't know when God's about to break open something. But I'll tell you this, no matter how close or far away it is, we've got to put in the time in the prayer closet. We've got to pray. We've got to pray. If you're going to see your life change, we've got to pray. This altar is open, as always. Let's pray together right now. We pray that you've been blessed and inspired by today's Covenant Living broadcast with Pastor John Butler. You can hear today's message in its entirety by visiting our website at covenantlifewestga.org. You can find this video there on our homepage. Just click the YouTube button and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. And give us a call at 770-537-3747. That's 770-537-3747. At Covenant Life, our mission is to go and make disciples by being real, relational, and reaching. Be sure to join us next week for more Covenant Living with Pastor John Butler.